Welcome to freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God. My name is Jeff. We're studying about judgment. That's what freescripturebooks.org is about. It's about word studies, subject studies, through, and be diligent to study through the Word of God on what He has to say. We've been going through scriptures that have to do with judgment, the wrath of God, the wrath of man, the wrath of people. Um, we start out with a, a, a simple judgment. Um, it talks about elementary teachings that we all should know before moving on. In Hebrews 6, one of those elementary teachings is eternal judgment. Anybody, you know, in sixth grade or in elementary school should understand what eternal judgment's about. Anybody can understand that. We then go into some more heavier judgments. Some of those judgments we can have a better grasp on. Some judgments we may not really get a hold of or understand how God does things. God says his ways are better than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. All his judgments are just. You know, we, he sees the whole picture. He sees the end from the beginning. We do not. So there's certain things we just don't understand. And we may even believe that God is unjust. But that is not a true statement. God is just in all his judgments. And so let's jump into the last judgment. We also talked about the judgment seat of Christ for the believers. We also talked about the white throne judgment. We talked about the books that are in heaven that are open during these judgments. We talked about the wrath of God, the wrath of man, and the wrath of government. So now we're into one of the last judgments, at least of this series. I got another 26 teachings on judgment, but we'll stop in this series. Uh, judgment of the nations. That's when Jesus returns to the earth and claims all the nations as his own, at least the ones that are still standing. So let's go into Obadiah 15 and 17. It says, For the day of the Lord draws near on all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your dealings will return on your own head, because just as you drank on my holy mountain, all the nations would drink continually. They would drink and swallow and become as if they have never existed. But on Mount Zion there will be those who escape, and it will be holy. So they're talking about many nations. Some nations have been on the holy mountain, which is Zion, which is in Israel. You know, Israel is the only nation that God has ever revealed himself to. Remember Moses at that burning bush. God asked, uh, Moses asked him, who, who should I say you are? And God says, I am what I am. So God first revealed himself to Moses, a Jew. Then God gave him the law. God gave the laws, the Ten Commandments, and how life should be ran to the Jews. God gave all the prophets and ordinances to the Jews. And God sent the Savior of the, of the world, Jesus Christ, who is a Jew, to save not only Jews, but also Gentiles. God did choose a nation. They are called the chosen, not because they're better people, or more moral people, or more ethical people, or smarter people, or anything, but God chose the smallest to show himself that he is the greatest. And both Peter and Paul, both of them, both saw that God has no respect of a person, that, that what God has done for the Jew, he's also quite willing and, and waiting and, 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 and able to do save the Gentile as much as he will for the Jews. He's willing to save nations uh, as much as he's willing to save Israel. God loves us. God does not love them more than he loves us. God just had to choose somebody, and that's how we and that's how he chose, not based on them, what they did or not do, but he chose based on his own decisions. God is just in every judgment he ever makes. Sometimes we may think he's not, but he's always just. He is perfect in his judgments. So how did uh, so how did your, how does your nation treat Israel? Whether it be Venezuela or Brazil or China or Japan or North Korea or or Iran or United States of America. We've been upon that holy mountain. Everybody have, has benefited from what God has done with the Jews. Everybody, every nation has. All nations would drink continually. They would drink and swallow them because if they have never existed. So if you they spit at the Jews, you spit at Christianity, you spit at Jesus. And I don't want the law of God. I don't like the law of commandments of God. I don't like Jesus Savior. I don't need a Savior. 
then you don't then you're headed for destruction your nation is headed for judgment your dealings will return on your own head as you have treated Israel you is how you treat is how God is going to treat you because without Israel we would not have the law without Israel we would not have the commandments without Israel we would not have the Savior which is Jesus the Savior of the world he's the he is a 100% Jewish so now let's move to Revelations. Oh, or one thing I didn't say on there is Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Recently, you know, God calls that in Scripture. And recently, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump of the United States of America, has moved our embassy over to Jerusalem, and several other nations have moved our embassy, declaring both to go, both to heaven and to earth and to hell that we agree that Jerusalem is the capital. And that created a great uh, trouble in the world because a lot of people want to wipe Israel off, want to wipe the Jews out, want to split Jerusalem. And that's just not going to, well, that may happen, but that's, you know, there's going to be judgment for people who do that. So those who are you know, moving their, moving their embassies to, to Jerusalem, you're, you know, <laughs> you're treating them a whole lot better than, you know, and, and, and God will treat you just as you treat the Jew. Uh, Revelations 11 and 15, and also how you treat the Christian. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of, his, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So Jesus is coming back for more than just one nation. Jesus is coming back, and not just for Israel, but for many nations. When Jesus comes back, there's going to be nations on his right and nations on the left. Those nations on the right is because they obeyed certain things. They chose Jesus as Lord, and other nations on the left are going to be completely, utterly destroyed. You know, you may have been taught that all the nations are going to turn against Israel in the last day, and that may be. But right now, the church is here. Right now, there are uh, churches in the nations that are crying out to God and, and declaring and doing right things. And, and there will be time of darkness. But I believe right now, the church is deciding which nations are on the right side and which nations on the left side by being obedient and preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth and not being afraid of man, but only fearing God and standing with Jesus and saying what is right and what is wrong and telling people to repent, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So all belongs to the Lord. It says in Colossians, all things were created for Christ, by Christ, and in Christ. All the nations belong to Christ. His inheritance will be the world, all the nations. And when he comes back, he's going to claim his inheritance, which will be many, many nations. So stick with me if you never heard something like that. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 through 7 says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, uh, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace, and the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on forevermore, the zeal and the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So this is more than just a Christmas scripture. This is a true scripture. This is true, you know, um, the past, the present, and the future. That Jesus and you know, the government of, of of this world is going to be placed upon Jesus. We're, 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 fastly, we're fast moving into one world government. You know, there's not a single person who's worthy to, to rule one world government. There's not even any presidents or prime ministers or anything anybody else over government that's doing anything right enough to be ruler of the whole world. Only Jesus is just enough. Only Jesus who not sought his own will, but only the will of his Father. That's why he is justified. That, why, that is why he is worthy to rule the nation because he doesn't seek his own will, but only the will of the Father. We have too many people, presidents and prime ministers and, and dictators, want their own will. They want to, the, all the governments to serve them, all the people to serve them rather than the one true Lord, which is Jesus Christ. 
And so Jesus is worthy to run one world government. There's, but there's not a single man or woman down here who is worthy to do that. But all the government put on his shoulders. And that doesn't just mean the government of the kingdom of God, but it means all the governments down here. And he's going to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness. It means there's going to be justice, justice on the wrongdoers, and righteousness means means it's going to be blessed the the, uh, uh, the law-abiding citizens. So there's one truth. So there's only one. The true one-world government will only come when Jesus comes to proclaim the kingdoms of this world, and the government is put upon his shoulders. So who else is worthy to rule the world besides Jesus? None. Psalms two. Why, I'm going to read a, uh, right in the middle of it. it. says, Ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. This is a scripture uh, towards Jesus. God wrote the scriptures and wanted to put some words in there for his son Jesus as, as he was growing up. So Jesus read this and he saw that. He saw that he needs to ask for the nations as his inheritance. And God is a God who does answer the prayers of the righteous. And Jesus was righteous, true and true. Why are the nations in uproar and the peoples devise in a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together. Again the Lord and again the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let us tear let us tear their fetters apart, cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heaven laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, He's talking about Jesus, my my holy mountain. I will surely tell all the decrees of the Lord, he said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. And the very ends of the earth is to your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. Remember, it tells in the revelations that he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. You shall scatter them like earthenware. And therefore, O king, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage homage to the Son, and he'll and that he would not become angry and perish in this way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Take refuge in the Lord. This thing's screaming a little bit. Probably because it's so hot in here. So it says nations. It says, it says, ask of me and I'll surely give the nations. So that's plural. So Jesus is not only asking for Israel as, as his inheritance, but he's asking for many other nations, those who serve him. Does your nation protect the free speech, free speech of the gospel? Because how you treat Jews, how you treat the gospel is going to be a matter if you're going to be on the right-hand side of Jesus or the left-hand side of Jesus. If you're going to go into the millennial reign of Christ or if you're going to be completely demolished and judged. Government persecution versus neighborhood persecution. The scripture talks about that, that for anybody who follows Jesus will face persecutions. But there's a difference between government persecuting you and, and, and your neighbor persecuting you. We have places like North Korea and China that's persecuting Christians. It's a whole lot worse versus your neighbor not liking, not liking you and, and persecuting you. And so I think that's what's going to happen here in the United States of America. If Donald Trump is elected, we're going to still have persecution in the churches, but it's going to be our neighbor persecuted neighbor. But if he doesn't get in and another party gets another party gets in, they've already declared they're going to declare war on Christians. They've already declared that there is no God. They've already declared a, a, a freedom for those for atheists. They've already declared persecution. So that persecution by the government is going to be a whole lot heavier than persecution from our neighbor. Revelations chapter 19 verses 11 through 16. 
And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and he in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he was a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, and white and clean, were following him with white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword. Uh, so that with it he may strike down the nations. He will rule with them a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. The Almighty in his robe and on his, high, on his thigh he has written, in the, his name written, King of kings and the Lord of lords. So Jesus called the King of kings for a reason. He has no problem for kings to be in this world. He has no problem with pre presidents or prime ministers. But Jesus is the King of kings. He is the highest. He is the highest judge. We have a Supreme Court, but we have even a higher uh, judge than just the Supreme Court. His name is Jesus. So King of Kings, Lord of Lords. There's no problem with people being Lord, but Jesus is the Lord of Lords. He has a sharp sword. It says he has a sharp, a sharp sword, which is the words of his mouth to strike down the nations. Because Jesus, everything he says is righteousness. Even, even everything you know he does is righteous. And when the Lord speaks, people fall back. Remember, he's in the garden, and they came looking for Jesus. They asked where he is. He says, "Here I am. What do you want?" And it says the people fell back. I mean, they literally fell on their butts. And they got up and they asked me again, well, I told you, here I am. So just imagine Jesus still being down here in his flesh speaking that before. He didn't have any of the power of God with him. He just spoke the words of God. But Jesus now has been ordained and, and you know, glorified, King of kings, Lord of lords. So you can just imagine how powerful when the words come out of his mouth then, you know, when he comes back to rule with the rod of iron, how powerful those words are going to be. Those words are going to be so powerful that some people are going to cease to exist. Some nations are going to cease to exist because they ruled against Jesus Christ. They ruled against the gospel. They ruled against the commandments of God. They ruled against that there is no God but them. So when Jesus comes, he'll strike the sword, he'll strike sharp sword, he'll strike down the nations that, that are standing against the commandments of God and the Lord Jesus. So now let's go into Matthew 25. This uh, made mention of this one, verses 31 through 46. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne, which will be in Jerusalem. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord... When did you see? When did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you, uh, give you something to drink? And when did we see you, uh, a, a stranger, invite you in and naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer to them. Truly, I say to you, to what extent that you did to one of these, these, these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. So Jesus is talking to the Jews right here. So his brothers well, very well could be Jews. I, there are people that think this is talking about how we treat the Jewish people. And I believe that's one aspect of it, but I believe there's other aspects as well. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been departed, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, you did not visit me. That they themselves also will answer, Lord, when you... When did you see the hungry, the thirsty, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to the least of these, you did it. You, you did not do it to me. And these will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. 
So it starts out saying, if you did these things, you did to my brothers. But if you didn't do these things, you did to the least of me. So I think it is to the Jews, but I also think it is to the Christians or just people in general giving. Now, a lot of people want to use these scriptures as, as evidence that God uh, supports a socialist, uh, a socialist type government by just giving away stuff. Everything ought to, ought to be free. And that's not true. And I can't really go into in, in much into that because that's a whole teaching. I even have a whole website that I'm getting ready to put teachings on called um, um, OneKingdom.tv. Uh, and that's going to talk about governments and how God set up the government, not only the kingdom of God, but how we should rule and reign down here because we will rule and reign with them, those who are in Christ Jesus. And we're supposed to be ruling and reigning right now. Uh, but there's certain things we need to do it by God's way, not our way. So God is talking about sheep nations and goat nations. And right now you're hearing a well we need I guess we need to go ahead and stop there and and we'll pick up this up on the next episode of freescripturebooks.org that on the knowledge of God be blessed.